You're listening to The Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling. This audiobook is brought to you by Kriti and it's narrated by Aishwarya. Chapter 1 Mowgli's Brother Now ran the kite brings home the night that mang that bats it free the hearts are shunt and bide and hunt for loose until the dawn this is the heart of pride and power talent ash and claw oh hear the call good hunt all that keep the jungle book alive night song in the jungle it was 7 o'clock of very warm evening in the seasne hill where father wolf woke up from his day rest scratched himself yawned and spread out his paws one after the other to get rid of the sleepy feeling in their tips mother wolf lay with her big gray nose dropped across her four tumblings squeaking cups and the moon shone into the mouth of cave where they all lived ugh said father wolf it's time to hunt again he was going to spring down hill when a little shadow with a busy tail crossed the threshold and whined good luck go with you the chief of the wolf and good luck strong white teeth go with the noble children that they may never forget the hunger in this world it was jackal tabak the dish liquor and the ulls of india despise tabak because he runs about making mischief and telling tales and eating rags and pieces of leather from the village rubbish heaps but they are afraid of him too cause tabak more than anyone else in the jungle is apt to go mad and then he forgets that he was ever afraid of anyone and runs through the forest biting everything in this way even the tiger runs and hides when the little tiger goes mad for madness is the most disgraceful thing that could ever taken a wild creature we call it hydrophobia but they call it duvain the madness and run enter then and look said father wolf stiffly but there's no food here for a wolf no said tabak but for so mean a person as myself a dry bone is a good feast who we are the gidder long to pick and choose he scuttled to the back of the cave where he found a bone of buck with some meat on it and sat cracking the end merely all thank for this good meal he said licking his tips how beautiful are the noble children how large are their eyes and so young too indeed indeed i might have remembered that the children of king are men from the beginning now tabak knew as well as anyone else there's nothing so unlucky as to compliment children to their faces it pleased him to see mother and father wolf look uncomfortable tabak sat still rejoining in the mischief that he had made and then he said spitefully shir khan the big one has shifted his hunting ground he will hunt among these hills for the next moon so he has to told me shir khan was a tiger who lived near the wangwa twar 20 miles away he has no right father wolf began angrily by the law of jungle he has no right to change his quarter without due warning he'll frighten every head of the game within 10 miles and i i have to kill two to three days his mother did not call him longer 
for nothing, said Mother Ulf quietly. He has been lame in one foot from his birth. That's why he has only killed cattle. Now the villagers of Wengua are angry with him and he has come here to make our village angry. They'll score the jungle for him where he's far away and we are our children must run when the grass is set alight. Indeed, we are very grateful to see Shere Khan. Shall I tell him for our gratitude till Tabak? Out, snapped Father Ulf. Out and hunt with the master. Thou hast done harm enough for one night. I go, said Tabak quietly. Yeah, can hear Sheridan Khan below in the tickles. I might have saved myself the message. Father Ulf listened and below in the valley that ran down to a little river, he heard the dry, angry, snarly, sing-song whine of a tiger who has caught nothing and does not care if all the jungle knows it. The fools, said Father Ulf, to begin a night's work with the noisel, does he think that a buck are like his fat wangwa bullocks? Huh! It's neither bullock nor buck he hunts tonight, said Mother Ulf. It's man. The wine had changed to a sort of humming purr that seemed to come from every quarter of the compass. It was the noise that bewiles woodcutters and gypsies sleeping in the open and make them run sometimes into the very mouth of the tiger. Man, said Father Ul, showing all his white teeth. Fah! All are not enough to beetle and frogs in the tangle that he must eat men and on a ground too. The law of jungle, which never orders anything without a reason, forbids every beast to eat man except when he is killing to show his children how to kill. And then he must hunt outside and hunting grounds of his pack of tribe. The real reason for his is that man-killing guns and hundreds of bowmen with gawks and rockets and torches. Then everybody in the jungle suffer. The reason the beasts give among themselves is that man is the weakest and most defenseless of all living things and it's unpostumly to touch him. They said too, and it's true, that man-eaters become mangy and lose their teeth. The purr grew louder and ended in the full throat ah, of the tiger charge. Then there was a howl, an untigerish howl from Sharon Khan. He has missed, said Mother Ulf. What is it? Father Ulf ran out a few paces and heard Sharon Khan muttering and mumbling savagely as he tumbled about his crop. The fool has had no more sense than to jump at a woodcutter's campfire and he burned his feet, said Father Ulf with grunt. Tabak is with him. Something is coming uphill, said Mother Ulf, twitching one ear. Get ready. The bushes rustle a little in the ticket and Father Ulf dropped with his haunch under him, ready for his leap. Then, if you had been watching, you would have seen the most wonderful thing in the world. The wolf checked in mid-spring. He made his bound before he saw Watts was jumping out and then he tried to stop himself. The result was then almost shot up where he left ground. Man, he snapped. A man's cub. Look! Directly in front of him, holding on by a low branch, stood a naked brown baby who could just walk as soft 
and assembled a little atom as ever came to Ulf Cave at night. He looked up into his father Ulf's face and laughed. Is that a man's cup? said Mother Ulf. I had never seen one. Bring it here. A wolf acquainted to move his own cup can, if necessary, mouth and neck without breaking it. And though Father Ulf's jaw closed right on the child's back, not a tooth even scratched the skin as he laid it down among the cup. How little, how naked and how bold, said Mother Ulf softly. The baby was pushing his way between the cup to get closer to the warm hide. Hi, he's taking his meal with the others. And so, this is a man's cub. Now, was there even a wolf that could boast a man's cub among her children? I've heard now and again of such a thing, but never in a pack or in my time, said Father Ulf. He's altogether without hair, and I could kill him with the touch of my foot. But see, he looks up, and it's not afraid. The moonlight was blocked out of the mouth of cave. For Sharon Khan, great square head and shoulders were thrust into the entrance. Tabak, behind him, was squeaking. My lord! My lord! It went in here! Sharon Khan does his under great honor, said Father Ulf, but his eyes were very angry. What does Sharon Khan need? My query, a man's cub went his way, said Sharon Khan. Its parent had run off. Give it to me. Sheridan Khan has jumped a woodcutter campfire, as Mother Wolf had said, and was furious from the pain of his burnt feet. But Father Wolf knew that the mouth of the cave was too narrow for a tiger to come in by. Even when he was, Sheridan Khan's shoulder and forepaws were crammed for want of room, and a man's would be if he tried to flight in a barrel. The wolves are free people, said Father Ulf. They take orders from the head of pack and not from any striped cattle killer. The man's cub is ours, to kill if we choose. Ye we choose, ye we do not choose. What talk is this of choosing? But the bull that I killed, I am to stand nosing to your dog's den for my fair dues. It's I, Sheridan Khan, who speak. The tiger's roar filled the cave with thunder. Mother Ulf shook herself clear of the cup and sprayed forward her eyes like two green moons in the darkness, facing the blazing eyes of Sheridan Khan. And this is I, Raksha, who answers, The man-cub is mine, longer mine to me. He shall not be killed. He shall live to run with a pack and to hunt with the pack. And in the end, Look you, hunter of little naked cub, frog eater, fish killer, he shall hunt thee. Now get hence or buy the shamber that I killed. I, no starved cattle, back though ghost to the mother, burnt beast of the jungle, lamer than ever thought into the world go. Father Ulf looked on amazed. He had almost forgotten the day when he won Mother Ulf in fair flight from five other ulls when she ran in the pack and was not called the demon for compliment's sake. Sheridan Khan might have faced Father Ulf, but he could not stand up against Mother Ulf, for he knew that 
he was she all that have the advantage of the ground and would fight to the death so he backed out of the cave mouth growling and when he was clear he shouted each dog barks in his own yard we will see that the pack will say to this forsetting of the man's cub the cub is mine and to my teeth he'll come in the end ho bushtail thieves mother wolf threw herself down the patting among the cub and father wolf said to her gravely shere khan speaks this much truth the cub must be shown to the pack wilt thou still keep him mother keep him she gasped he came naked by night alone and very hungry yet he was not afraid look he has pushed one of my babes to one side already and that lame butcher would have killed him and would have run off the wantinga while the villager here hunted through all the lairs in revenge keep him assuredly i will keep him lie still lie little frog hodo mogli for mogli the frog i'll call thee the time will come when thou will hunt sheren khan as he has hunted thee but what will a pack say said father wolf the law of jungle lays down very clearly that any wolf may when marries withdraws from pack he belongs to but soon as his cub are old enough to stand on their foot he must bring them to the pack council which is generally held once a month at full moon in order that the other wolves may identify them after the inspection the cubs are free to run where they please and until they have killed their first bug no excuse is accepted if a grown elf of the pack hills one of them the punishment is death where the murderer can be found and if you think for a minute you'll see this must be so father wolf waited till his cub could run a little and then on the night of pack meeting took them and mogli and mother wolf of the council rock the hill top covered with snow and borders with hundred wolves could hide akela the great gray lone wolf who led all the pack by strength and cunning lay out of full length of his rock and badged color venetian who could handle a bug alone to young black year now he had fallen twice in wolf trap in his youth and once he has been beaten and left for dead so he knew the manners and customs for each other in the center of circle where the mothers and father looked at him carefully and returned to this place on noiseless feet sometimes a mother would push her cub far out into the moonlight to be sure that he has not been overlooked akela from his rock would cry ye know the law ye know the law look well o wolves and the anxious mother would take up the call look look well o wolves at last the mother wolf necked bristle lifted at the time came father wolf pushed mogli the frog as they called him into the center where he stand laughing and playing with some pebbles that glistened in the moonlight akela never raised his head from his paw but went on with a monacious cry look well a muffled road came up with behind the rocks the voice of sheren khan crying the cub is mine give him to me we have the free people to do with the man's cub akela 
never even twitched his ears. All he said was, Look well, O wolves, what the free people to do with the orders of any save the free people. Look well. There was a chorus of deep growls and a young wolf in his fourth year flung. Back Sherin's Khan questioned to Akela. What have the free people to do with the man's cup? Now, the law of jungle lays down that if there is any dispute as to the right of cup to be accepted by the pack, he must be spoken for at least two members of the pack who are not his father and mother. Who speaks for this cup? said Akela. Among the free people, who speaks? There was no answer and Mother Ulf got ready for what she knew would be her last fight. If things came to fighting, then the only other creatures who is allowed at the park council is Baloo, the sleepy brown bear who teaches the wolf cub the law of jungle, old Baloo, who can come and go where he pleased because he eats only nuts and roots and honey upon his hind quarter and grunted. The man cubs, the man's cub, he said, I speak for the man's cub, there is no arm in a man's cub. I have no gift of words, but I speak the truth. Let him run with the pack and be endured with others. I myself will teach him. We need yet another, said Akela. Baloo has spoken and is our teacher for the young cub. Who speak besides Baloo? A back shadow dropped down into the circle. It was Bagheera and Black Panther, inchy black all over, but with the panther marking showing up in the certain light like the pattern of watered silk. Everybody knew Bagheera and nobody cared to cross his path, for he was cunning as Tabak, as bold as the wild buffalo and as reckless as the wounded elephant. But he has a voice of soft as wild honey dripping from a tree and a skin softer than down. Ho oh, Akela, and ye the free people, he purred. I have no right in your assembly, but the law of the jungle says that if there is a doubt which is not killing matter in regard to a new club, the life of that club may be brought to a price. And the law does not say who may or may not pay that price. Am I right? Good, good, said the young wolf, who was always hungry. Listen to Bagheera, the cup could be brought for a price. It's the law. Knowing that I have no rights to speak here, I ask you to leave. To kill a naked cub is shame. Besides, he may make better spot for you where he's grown. Baloo has spoken of his behalf. Now, to Baloo's word, I will add one bull and a fat one, newly killed, not half a mile from here, if ye will accept the man's cub according to the law. Is it difficult? There was a clamour of scores of voices saying, What matter? He'll die in the winter rain. He'll scratch in the sun. What harm a naked frog do us? Let him run with the pack. Where is the bull? Bagheera? Let him be accepted. And then came Akela, deep bay, crying, Look well, look well, O wolves. Mowgli was still deeply interested in the pebble and he did not notice when the wolves came and looked at him one by one. At last, they all went down the hill for a dead bull, and only Akela, Bagheera, Baloo and Mowgli's own wolves were left. Sheridan Khan rode still in the night, 
for he was very angry that Mowgli had not been handed over to him. Ah, roar well, said Bagheera under his whistle for the time will come when his naked thing will make the road to another tune. And I know nothing of men. It was well done, said Akela. Men and their cubs are very wise. He may be help in time. Truly a help in time of need. For none can hope to lead the pack forever, said Bagheera. Akela said nothing. He was thinking of the time that comes to every leader of every pack with his strength goes from him and he gets feeble and feeble till at the last he is killed by the wolves and a new leader comes up to be killed in his turn. Take him away, he said to the father wolf and train him as befits one of the free people. And this is how Mowgli was entered into Siane wolf pack for the price of a bull and on the Baloo's goo word. Now you must be contented to skip ten or eleven whole years and the only guess at all the wonderful life that Mowgli led among the wolf. Cause if it's there were written out in world filled with ever many books. He grew up there with the little cubs though there of course were grown wolf amongst before he was a child. And Father Ulf taught him his business and the meaning of the things in the jungle, till every rustle in the grass, every breath of warm night air, every notes of the owl above his head, and every scratch of the bat's claw had his roasted for with the tree. And every splash of little fish jumping into a pool meant just as him, as the work of his office means to be a businessman. When he was not learning, he sat out in the sun and slept, and ate and went to sleep again. When he felt dirty or hot, he swam in the forest pool, and when he wanted honey, Baloo told him that honey and nuts were just a pleasant to eat as raw meat. He climbed up for it, and the Bahira showed him how to do. Bagheera would lie on a branch and call, Come on, little brother, and at first Mowgli would cling like the sloth, and afterwards he would fling himself through the branches among the boldly arrays the grey ape. He took his place at the council rock too, when the pocket met, and there he disappointed that he stared hard at the wolf, the wolf would not force to drop his eyes, and so he used to stare for fun. At other times he would pick the long thorn out of the pads for his friend, for wolves suffer terribly from the thorns and burrs in the courts. He would go down the hillside into the cultivated land by night and look very curiously at the villages in their hunt, but he had gates so cunningly hidden in the jungle that he never walked into it and told him that it was a trap. He loved better than anything else to go with the Bagheera into the dark warm heat of the forest, to sleep all through the drowsy day and at night see how Bagheera did his killing. Bagheera killed right and left as he felt hungry, and so did Mowgli with one expectation. As soon as he was old enough to understand things, Bagheera told him that he must never touch cattle because he had been bought into the pack at the price of bull's life. At the jungle is thine, said Bagheera, and thou canst kill everything that thou art strong to kill. But for the sake of the bull that bought thou, must never kill or eat any cattle, young or old. This is the law of jungle. Mowgli obeyed faithfully. And he grew and grew, strong as a boy must grow, 
who does not know what is he learning any lesson and who has nothing in the world to think except things to eat mother wolf told him once or twice that shere khan was not a creature to be trusted and that some day he must kill shere khan but though a young wolf would have remembered that advice ever are mogli forgot it because he was only a boy though he could call him himself a wolf shere khan was always crossing his path in the jungle for as akela grew older and feeble the lame tiger had come to great friend with the younger wolf of the pack who followed him for scars a thinking akela would never had allowed if he had dropped his authority to the proper bound then shere khan would flatter them and wonder that such fine hunter were connected to be led by drying wolf and a man's cub then tell me shere khan would say that a counsel ye dare not look him between the eyes and the young wolf growl and bristle bahira who had eyes and ears everywhere knew something of this and once or twice he told mogli in some other words that shere khan would kill him some day mogli would laugh and answer i have the pack and i have thee and balu though he is so lazy must strike a blow or two for my sake why should i be afraid it was one very warm day that a new notion came to bagira born of something that he had heard perhaps ikki the poor copine had told him but he said the mogli when they were deep in the jungle as the boy lay with his head on bagira's beautiful black skin little brother how often have i told the shere khan is thy enemy as many time as there are nuts on the palm said mogli who naturally count not count what of it am i sleepy bahira and shere khan is all long tail and loud talk like mow the peacock but this is no time for sleeping balu knows it i know it the pack know it and even the foolish foolish deer know tabak has told thee too ho ho said mogli tab came to me not long ago with some rude talk that i was a naked man cub and not fit to dig big nuts but i caught tabak by the tail and swung him twice against a palm tree to teach him better manners that was foolishness for though tabak is mischievous maker he would have told thee of something that concerned thee closely open those eye little brother shere khan dare not kill thee in the jungle but remember akela is very old and so the day come when he cannot kill his bug and then he'll be the leader no more many of the wolves that looked thee over when thought was brought to the council first are old too and the young wolf believe as shere khan has taught him that a man cub has no place with the pack in the little time though wilt be burnt and what's a man that he shout not run with his brother said mogli I was born in the jungle have obeyed the law of jungle and there's no wolf of ours whose paws I have not pulled a thorn surely they are my brothers bahira stretched himself at full length and half shut his eyes little brother said he feel under my jaw mogli put up his strong brown hand and just under bagira's silky chin where the giant rolling muscle were all hid by the glossy skin he came up with a little ball spot 
There's no one in the jungle that knows that I, Bahira, carry the mark, the mark of the collar, and yet, little brother, I was born among the men, and it was among the men that my mother died in the cage of the king's palace of Udaipur. It was because of this I paid the price of thee, the council, with a little naked club. Yet, I too was born among men. I had never seen the jungle. They feed me behind bars from an iron pan till one night I felt that Bahira and I panther are no man's plane and broke the silly lock with one blow of my paw and came away. And because I had learned the way of men, I became more terrible in the jungle than Shere Khan. Is it not so? Yes, said Mowgli. All the jungle fear Bagheera, all except Mowgli. Ho, oh, thou art a man's cub, said the black panther very tenderly. And even as I returned to the jungle, so must go back to the meat at last. The men who are my brother, if though not killed in the council. But why? But where should any wish to kill me, said Mowgli. Look at me, said Bahira, and Mowgli looked at him steadily between the eyes. The big panther turned his head away in half a minute. That's why, he said, shifting his paw on the leaf, not even I can look thee between the eye. I was born among men, and I love thee, little brother. The others they hate thee because their eyes cannot make time, because thou art wise, because thou hast pulled out the thorns from their feet with thou art of a man. I do not know these things, said Mowgli suddenly, and he frowned under his heavy black eyebrows. What is the law of jungle? Strike first and then give tongue. By thy very clearlessness, they know that the art of men. But be wise, it's my heart, then when Akela misses his next kill, and at each hunt it cost him more to pin the bunk, the pack will turn against him and against thee. They will hold a jungle council at the rock, and then, then I have to, said Bahira, leaping up. Go down, though, quickly to the men's hunt in the valley, and take some of the red flowers which they grow there, so that when the time comes, they may harvest a strong friend that I, or Baloo, or these of the pack that love thee. Get the red flowers. By red flowers, Bahira meant fire. Only no creature in the jungle will carry fire by its proper name. Every beast lives in deadly fear of it and invents a hundred way of describing it. The red flowers, said Mowgli, that grow outside their hunts in twilight. I'll get some. They speak the man cub, said Bahira proudly. Remember that in grow in little pots, get one swiftly and keep it by there for the time of need. Good, said Mowgli. I go. But out of those sure, O my Bahira, he sipped his arm around the splendid neck and looked deep into the big eyes. Art thou sure that all his Shere Khan doing? By the broken log that freed me, I am sure, little brother. Then, by the bull that bought me, I'll pay Shere Khan full tale for this, and this may be a little over, said Mowgli, and he bounded away. That's a man, that's all a man, said Bahira to himself, lying down again. Hoshir Khan 
Never was a black panther hunting than the frog hunt of the tiny ten years ago. Mowgli was far and far through the forest, running hard, and his heart was hot in him. He came to the cave as the evening mist rose and drew breath and looked down the valley. The cubs were out, but Mother Wolf at the back of the cave knew by his breathing that something was troubling her frog. What is it, son? she said. Some bad shatter of Shere Khan, he called back. I hunt among the plowed field tonight and he plundered down towards the bushes, the stream at the bottom of the valley. There he checked for he heard the yell of black panther, heard the below a wooden chamber and the snort at the bunk turned at the bay. Then there were wicked, bitter howls from the young wolf. Akela, Akela, let the lone wolf show his strength. Room for the leader of the pack. Spring, Akela. The lone wolf must have sprung and missed his hold, for Mowgli heard the snap of his teeth, and there a yelp at the chamber knocked him over his forefoot. He did not wait for anything more, but dashed on, and the yells grew fainter behind him as he ran into the cropland where the villagers lived. Bahira spoke the truth. He panted as he nestled down in some castle folded by the window of hut. Tomorrow is one day, both for Akela and for me. Then he pressed his face close to the window and watched the fire on the hut. He saw the husbandman wife get up and fed it in the night with black lumps. And when the morning came and the mists were all white and cold, he saw the man-child pick up a wicker pot plaster inside the bit, filled with lump of red-hot charcoal, put it under his blanket and go out to tend the cows in the byre. Is that all? said Mowgli. If a cub can do it, there's nothing to fear. So he strode round the corner and met the boy, took the pot from his hand and disappeared into the mist while the bow hold with fear. They are very like me, said Mowgli blowing into the pot as he seemed the women do. This thing will die if I do not give this thing to eat. And he dropped twigs and dry bark on the red stuff. Hallway up the hill, he met Bahira with the morning dew shining like moonstones on his coat. Akela has missed, said the panther. They would have killed him last night, but they needed thee also. They were looking for thee on the hill. I was among the ploughed lands. I am ready. See Mowgli, held up with fire pot. Good. Now I have seen men thrust a dry branch into that stuff and presenting the red flower bloomed at the end of it. Art though not afraid. No, why should I fear? I remember now, if it's not a dream, then how before I was a wolf, I lay beside the red flower and it was warm and pleasant. All that day, Mowgli sat in the cave, tending his fire pot and digging dry branches into it to see how they looked. He found a branch that satisfied him, and in the evening, when Tabak came to the cave and told him rudely enough that he wanted to counsel Rog, he laughed till Tabak ran away. Then Mowgli went to the council, still laughing. Akela, then lone wolf, lay by the side of his rock as a sign that leadership of the pack was open. And Shere Khan, with his following the scrap-filled wolves, walked to and fro, openly being flattered.
Bahira lay close to the Mowgli and the fire pot was being Mowgli's knee. When they all were gathered together, Shere Khan began to speak, a thing he would never have dared to do when Akela was in his prime. He has no right, whispered Bahira. Say so, he's a dark son. He will be frightened. Mowgli sprang to his feet. Free people, he cried. Does Shere Khan lead the pack? What has a tiger to do without a leadership? Seeing that the leadership is yet open and being asked to speak, Shere Khan began. By whom? said Mowgli. Are we all jackals to farm out his cattle busher? The leadership of pack is with the pack alone. There were else of silence, the man cubs let him speak. He has kept a law and at last the seniors of the pack thunder let the deer wolf speak. When a leader of the pack has missed his kill, he is called the dead wolf as long as he lives, which is not long. Akila raised his old heavy wearing. Free people and ye too, jackals of Shere Khan for twelve seasons, have led ye to and fro to kill, and in all the time not one has trapped or maimed. Now I have missed my kill. Ye know how the plot was made. Ye know how you brought me to an unturned buck to make the weakness known. It was clearly done. Your right is to kill me here, the council rock. Now, therefore, I ask who come to make an end of the lone wolf. For it was my right, by the law of jungle, that ye came one by one. There was a long hush, for no single wolf cared to fly Takela to death. Then Shere Khan roared, Bah! What have we done with this toothless fool? He is doomed to die. It's the man-cub who has lived too long. Free people, he was my meat from the first. Give him to me. I am weary of this man Uli Foli. He has trumbled the jungle for ten seasons. Give me the man-cub or I will hunt here always and not give one bone. He's a man, a man's child and from the marant of my bone I hate him. Then more than half the pack yelled, A man, a man, what a man to do with us. Let him go to his own place. All turn on the people of the village against us, clamoured Shere Khan. No, give him to me. He's a man and none of us can look him between the eyes. Akela lifted his head again and said, He has eaten our food. He has slept with us. He has driven game from us. He has broken no word of the law of jungle. Also, I paid for him with the bull when he was accepted. The worth of bull is little, but Bahira honour is something that he'll perhaps fight for, said Bahira in his gentlest voice. A bull paid ten years ago, the pack slandered. What do we have to care with the bone ten years old? Or for a pledge, said Bahira, his white teeth bared under his lip. Well, are ye called the free people? No man's cub can run with the people of the jungle, howled Shere Khan. Give him to me. He's our brother in all but blood. Akela went on, and ye would kill him here. In truth, I have lived too long. Some of ye are eager to cattle, and of others I have heard that, under Shere Khan teaching, ye go by dark night 
and snatch children from the village doorstep. Therefore, I know ye to be coward, and it is the coward I speak. It's certain that I must die, and my life it's not worth, and I would offer that it's man's cup place. But, for the sake of the honour of pack, a little matter that by being without a leader, ye has forgotten. I promise that if ye lead the man's cub for his own place, I will not, when my time comes to die, bear on one tooth against ye. More I cannot do, but if ye ill, I can save the shame that comes killing a brother against whom there is a fault. A brother spoken and forbrought into the pack according to the law of jungle. He's a man, he's a man, a man stangled the peel. And most of the wolves began to gather around Shere Khan, whose tail was benign to switch. Now, the business is thy hands, said Bahira to Mowgli. We can do no more except fight. Mowgli stood upright, the firepot in his hand. Then he stretched out his arm and yawned in the face of the council. He was furious with rage and sorrow for wolf fire. The wolf had never told him how they hated him. Listen, you cried. There is no need for his dog's jabber. Yet have told me so often tonight that I am a man and I would have been a wolf with you to my life. And I feel the words are true. So I do not call ye my brothers any more, but says as men shout. What will you do? And what will you not do is not yours to say. That matter is with me, and that we may see the matter more plainly. I, the man, have brought here a little of red flowers with ye dog's fear. He flung the firepot on the ant, and some of the red coals looked like a truffle of dried moss that fluttered up, as all the council drew back in the terror before the leaping flame. Mowgli thrust his dead into the fire till the twigs lift and crackled and wild up among his head in the cowering wolf. Thou art the master, said Bahira in the undertone, save Akela from the death. He was ever thy friend. Akela, the grim old wolf, who had never asked for mercy in his life, gave one piteous look at Mowgli as they bond, took all naked, his long back hair tossing over his shoulder into the tight of blazing branch that made the shadow jump and quiver. Good, said Mowgli, staring round slowly. I see that ye are dogs. I go from you to my own people. If there are to my own people, the dangle is shunned to me, and I must forget to talk or to be compassionate. But I will be more merciful that ye are. Because... I was all but your brother in blood. I promise that when I am a man among men, I will not betray ye to men as have betrayed me. He kicked the fire with his foot, and a sparkle flew up in the dray. Then shall be no war between any of us in the pack. But here's a debt to pay before I go. He strode forward to where Shere Khan slid blinging stupidly at the flame, and caught him by the tuft on his chin. Bahira followed in the case of accident. Up, dog! Mowgli cried. Up! When a man speaks, or I will set the coat ablaze. Shere Khan hears lay flat black on his head, and he shunned his eyes, for the blazing branch was very near. 
This cattle killer said he would kill me in the council because he had no killer when I was a cub. Thus and thus then do we meet dogs what we are men. Stir a whistler, langari, and I ran the red flowers down that glut. He beat Shere Khan over the head with a branch and the tiger whimpered and whined in an agony of fear. Pah! Single caught. Go now, but remember when next time I come to the council rock, as a man should come, it will be with Shere Khan height of my head. For the rest, Akela goes free to live with the police. Ye will not kill him, because this is not my will, nor do I think that ye will sit here any longer, rolling out of tongue, as thought ye were burning furiously at the end of branch. And Mowgli struck right and left around the circle, and the wolves ran howling with the sparkle ten wolves that had Mowgli's part. Then something began to hurt Mowgli's inside him, and he had never been hurt in his life before. And he caught his breath and sobbed, and tears ran down his face. What is it? What is it? he said. I do not wish to leave the jungle, and I do not know what this is. Am I dying, Bahira? No, little brother. This is only tears such men use, said Bahira. Now I know thou art a man and a man's cub no longer. The jungle is shunned indeed. To the hens forward, let them fall, Mowgli. They are only tears. So Mowgli sat and cried, as thought this heart would break, and he had never cried in his all life before. Now he said, "I'll go to men, but first I must say farewell to my mother." And he went to the cave where she lived with Father Wolf, and he cried on her coat while the four cubs howled miserably. Ye will not forget me," said Mowgli. "Never, while we can follow a trail," said the cub. "Come to the foot of the hill where thou art a man, and we'll walk to them, and we'll come into the copland to play with thee by the night." "Come soon," said Father Wolf. "Ho, wise little frog, come again soon, for we be the old, thy mother and I." "Come soon," said Mother Wolf. Little naked son of mine, for listen, child of mine, I loved thee more than ever I loved my cubs. I'll surely come," said Mowgli, "and when I come, it will be the lay of Sherin's Khan hidden upon the Council Rock. Do not forget me. Tell me in the jungle will never forget me. The dawn was beginning to break when Mowgli went down the hillside alone to meet those mysterious thing. That are called men.